fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight hello everybody welcome back to just chill with oliver george episode 11 i just wanted to say first of all uh, we are now on many audio only streaming platforms so podbean is who we went with which is also we should be showing up on um spotify and apple Podcasts. so if you are someone who prefers to just listen to a podcast there you go and if you're someone who's listening to the audio only and you don't know that we have a video version then come check us out on youtube Woo! Uh, yeah and while you're there please subscribe to youtube or our channel on youtube rather uh it really does mean a lot and anyone who already has thank you so much uh, and finally, before I introduce our guest, if anyone wants to reach out, say anything about the show, comments, whatever, fuck you letters, I don't care at this point, I just want someone to message us, uh, <laughs> justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Thank you. And time to introduce the man of the hour, Jesse Reynolds. Woo! Thanks for having me. Just chill with Oliver George. There's nothing chill about this studio, though, let me tell you. <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. It's a little bit hyper on the eyes, for sure. I love it. Yeah, I got the special lighting down here that's supposed to, you know, wake you up and shit, too. And I, it I does, find well, this coffee's helping, too. Good coffee, coffee helps as well, yeah. I can't get over this. I'm not even a nerdy person, and I love this. There's, like, superhero stuff barfed all over the wall. <laughs> Super Mario. I try to throw in, like, you know, I got some Simpsons. I guess that's kind of nerdy, too, but... I love the Simpsons. Not strictly. And Bob Marley. I mean, most hey. people kind of stands out. I'm, I'm big into music, too, so... Uh, Ninja Turtles. <gasps> Maybe yeah. I am nerdier than I thought. It's, right, yeah, sorry. it's more of a pop culture room with a, a nerdy edge, I would say. This is not a studio for a guest that has ADD. I don't have ADD, but I'm just <laughs> saying if I did. <laughs> Too much to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you didn't uh, read comics growing up at all? Or? Uh, no, no. Now it's kind of hard to avoid, though, with all the like the movies coming out every well, second week. Well, Deadpool made them cool. I love Deadpool. Deadpool Deadpool is kind of its own unique one, too. It had a really well, different... It was inappropriate. That's why I liked it. Yeah, and it was very comedy-driven <laughs> as opposed to the yeah. usual superhero kind of just save-the-day story or whatever, you know? That's it. Um. So you are like someone that I consider to be like me in the way that you're like a dabbler. You're a creative dabbler. <laughs> you're all over the place. Dabbling this, dabbling that. Yeah, you seem to yeah. be. Uh, and, and I say that as a good thing. Yeah. Like uh, not everyone can do that. So there's certain people like, you know, Jimi Hendrix, where it's like, I play guitar. That's my thing. Well, and singing. But yeah, so focused on that one, you know, specific craft or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm like you, you know, I want to do stand up one week. I want to dabble in acting. I want to do music. Do you do music or no? no, that's my one thing. I that's can lip sync like anybody. But you do modeling. Stuff. Yeah. Well, radio <laughs> DJ, so much stuff. Yeah. I, you know, it's I'm thank you for saying that. But uh, I actually consider myself more of an actor playing all these different roles because that's my background. Right. I, I grew up in the theater. That's what I took in post-secondary. And so. Even when I got into radio, I always saw myself as like a faker. Like I'm not really a radio guy. I'm just an actor playing a radio guy. Or that's clever though. Playing a stand-up comedian, and it's so hokey pokey to say that, but that's really the truth. So I think that helps though to kind of separate yourself from the situation a bit and be like, oh, it's not yeah. me. It's just you know this person I'm playing. That's that's kind of genius in a way actually. Well, there's a lot of imposter syndrome. Gilbert Gottfried told me that. Like you always feel like you're faking. So I feel like if you can just pretend you're playing a role, then you don't feel like such a faker. <laughs> yeah. I wonder like when that ends at what point never. in like a successful career you think that's what he said he said it never he still goes to like yeah, the academy huge. awards and gets like worried he's gonna get tapped on the shoulder you gotta go bud yeah. so i think it's just a creative thing we're all insecure <laughs> that's crazy oh i mean there's some people who are narcissistic and probably do think probably. the world themselves but yeah. um gilbert godfrey damn that's a pretty big name i know you like how i just slid that in there yeah hey man i got no hate for name dropping i'm sure you, you must have opened for him or something or no or? no he was uh, it was when i was in radio he came by the station for an oh, interview cool. so i got to, to interview that's him. awesome 
awesome. Yeah, the parrot cool. from Aladdin. Yeah, I know. Amongst other things. And he dated Joan Rivers, who's my all-time favorite. I did not know that. And he said that when they hooked up, she opened her legs and a fleet of bats flew out. <laughs> a joke you know she would have laughed at. She would have. Yo, Joan Rivers is fucking hilarious. Oh, man. she's the best. She was such a pioneer of female comedy and just comedy in general, too. Just pushing limits and, and I being just, crass. I don't know how she would manage in this uh, climate right now, though. Like, you know, the whole every offended culture and, oh, my God. We need Joan Rivers back. I was going to say, I think she could get away with it because that's who she's always been. Yeah, and, maybe. And she's so lovable at the same time that she's kind of vicious, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's like she's your, like, sassy grandma or something. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, Joan Rivers, she had that show where they would make fun of people's uh, terrible fashion choices. Fashion police. There, there you go. Yeah. I watched that a few times and laughed my ass off. Oh, my God. I know. It was it was all about her because remember they tried to, like, sub in Kathy Griffin after she died and it was just oh, womp, that I didn't womp, know. didn't yeah. work. And I like Kathy Griffin, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, those are big shoes to fill, right? Sure. And uh, Joan Rivers, nerd connection, she was the voice of Dot the Robot in Spaceballs. Was she? Yeah. Oh, I got to watch that now. Well, another reason that I thought it was weird when they started saying they were maybe going to re uh, do, like, a sequel for that movie because, like, John Candy's dead. He was the... He played like the Chewbacca type character. I've seen the movie just hundred years ago, so yeah. Well, it's like from eighty something. Yeah. I don't know. It's, I saw it as a child too. I don't know that I've revisited it in quite a long time. But Rick Moranis is in that, you know. Well, he's still alive. Getting yeah, back. but do you do you know his story? <laughs> he actually um, stopped. Like he completely dropped out of Hollywood sometime in the mid nineties oh, after yeah. Honey I Shrunk the Kids and all those came out uh, because his wife got cancer and I believe oh. passed away and he wanted to be there for his kids just as full father mode. Oh, well, Crazy good for him. Yeah, good for that's him. probably takes a lot. Especially if you're that involved in Hollywood to just step away like at that. At the height of his career, yeah, right after. Yeah, Money probably getting Trump. offered nerdy roles left and right. He was wow. in Ghostbusters too. Yeah, that's right. He was yeah. on fire for a while actually. Um, so I was going to say to everyone, Happy New Year's, but also to you because you had a very interesting New Year. I did. Tell us about that because I was I wanted to go. We couldn't get a babysitter, so. Oh yeah, I was uh, hosting the show at the Shaw Center for Tom Green and Kenny versus Spenny. It's like a Huge. dream come true. Huge, yeah. Uh, I wasn't that big into the Kenny versus Spenny show when it was on because I was in high school and some of my friends were, but uh, but Tom was like a bucket list for sure. I mean, Ottawa native, super famous. We love Tom Green. So it was a great gala at the Shaw Center, and uh, it went well, but... Oh, God. Yeah, Kix is going to kill me for going here. I don't care. Whatever. It's a podcast. We show behind the curtain. There was a lot of people unhappy with Kenny versus Penny. They were offended. Really? And I'm like... Who is going to come to a comedy show to see Tom Green and Kenny versus Spenny and me and be offended at something? Who comes to a comedy show at all and gets offended is like, ugh. It was crazy. We couldn't understand it. But, uh, I mean, they were really edgy. I mean, <laughs> Kenny came on stage wearing a Hitler T-shirt. So, I mean, that's the way it started. But if you've seen the show. Right. You, what do you expect? It's because he's, he's Jewish, so he thinks he can make any jokes like that. And he loves just pushing people's buttons, too. You know? Oh, yeah. I thought it was funny. But one of the worst things, uh, well, one of the jokes that got complaints, which I don't even think was that bad, was they were talking about how, I can't remember the setup. But it was a lot of storytelling because they're not stand-ups, right? So they talk about their experiences and the show. And they said that when they were younger, they would used to uh, they drive around the city with a carton of raw eggs and pitch them at gay people. Oh. But then they were like, but it's okay. We got Jesse hosting the show. We've grown. We've evolved. And then when I went back on stage right after that joke, I was like, hey, guys, look at my body. Look at yours. Thanks for the protein. You know, and it turned <laughs> into a big joke. Turned into a big joke. And I'm like, that was pretty innocent. But apparently that was one that uh, people weren't happy with. So I'm like, again. Yeah, that's kind of messed up. But Well, it is. But it's like a a joke you know if i wasn't offended and i made light of it and i had the last laugh really as the game yeah goes, well you're in comedy so you have like a sense of humor about I it guess. you know but i'm just like wow people are really it's like what you're saying you know if people are sensitive and i guess there's just certain topics you can't you can't touch these days 
Yeah, but again, at like a Kenny versus Penny thing, you'd think that you would have done a little bit of research. I thought most people going would have been like huge fans, so they would be expecting that kind of like shenanigans, you know? I think maybe it was more of a Tom Green crowd, and then the people. But he was known for his shock humor. He used to throw poo on people and suck the milk from the cow. And oh yeah, wait, when did he throw poo? Uh, it was one of his shows. He started, It was in one of his movies. Uh, I can't remember which movies, but it was an old taping of his show, and he was, like, throwing poo water. I don't think it was actually poo water. Oh, he was just trying to freak people out. Yeah, he's like, yeah. poo water. And I'm like, come on. Because, anyway. actually, Tom Green, I'm pretty confident from what I've seen in interviews and stuff, he always wanted to prank people but never really, like, hurt anyone's no, feelings or really do real damage, you yeah. know? Other than maybe his parents psychologically. <laughs> yeah, 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 no kidding. And they were at the show, too. I got to meet his parents. That was really fun. Ah, oh, I feel bad I went right to the negative, but I feel like that's the gossip people wanted to hear. But overall, it was a really fun night. Blah, blah. Food hey, was man, amazing. saying that some some wet blankets got offended at a comedy show is... What's new, huh? Yeah, exactly. What's new? Um, Tom Green, man, I've met him a few times, but never like in that context where he was seeing me as like a a colleague or a peer. Oh, I don't know about guy. that. Thanks for saying that, but no. Well, you're hosting a show. I'm sure he has a level of respect for you right away. You yeah, know? well, I was impressed he knew who, exactly who I was. <laughs> I smoked a joint with him once, though. Oh, yeah? <laughs> but that was just for me being, like, a super fan. It was a couple years before I did comedy, and I just, like, hung out at his Yuck Yuck show and just kind of, like, right after the show was like, hey, dude, I got some weed. Do you want to smoke a joint? And he was like, if you, if you can go roll it now. And then he brings me on the roof of Yuck Yucks, which I didn't even know. Oh, I didn't. I don't even know how to get up there. It was weird. Yeah, he brought me like through the kitchen and then we went up. And Oh, but we, this was back when it was on Albert, probably. No, this was, it was the on same. Elgin. Yeah, it was the same location. Oh, wow. Weird, right? Oh, wow. And then I met him once with Drew Barrymore in the middle of a snowstorm oh, in, in Beacon Hill. Yeah. But that, that was so very cool. brief at like a, at a, they were getting something at the drugstore kind of thing. And we just were like, hi, really quickly, you know? We didn't want to bother them. Like, Oh, you're one of those, eh? Well, it was I'm literally cool. two days before Christmas in the middle of a blizzard, and like they looked like they wanted to get home and be yeah. warm and comfortable, you know? Understandable. Oh, God. That's got to be rough if you marry or date like a super famous person like that, because she's attached to him forever. Like, they can't get away. Even at the show, people are like, oh, is Drew here? He's like, we haven't been married in 20 fucking years. Yeah, and they were only married for like six months, too, yeah. right? Yeah. But she's... I yeah, wonder if that's why they broke up, maybe, because there was too much of, like, a fame difference between them. Clashing of egos? Yeah, I think it can work if one of them, it, like, if you're in a, per, uh, sorry, if a person who's famous is in a relationship with someone who's not famous at yes. all. Mm-hmm. But if they're, like, both famous but different levels of famous, then Ooh. I think there might be more, like, bitterness, like, oh, your career's going so well. Yeah, and, competitive. I, I agree, yeah. If And a partner, I need someone that doesn't want the spotlight at all. Boring, likes to stay home and read. <laughs> Well, also because I think the people that are really out putting themselves out there as artists and uh, actors, whatever, they need like that anchor, somebody who they can it's come true. home to. And, you know, if both people are in the industry, then you're just both like probably insanely busy. First of all, just like organizing your schedules to meet up would be like a That's nightmare. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shit, man. Well, I'm glad that show went well for you. Yeah, I wish it, I could have been really there. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was uh, no complaints on my end. The feedback about my hosting was was fantastic. So and there were some other good comics from uh, locally. Yes, Ashley Krachenko, who I love. She's so good. And her little ukulele. Another ukulele, or ukulele, another Yuck Yucks um, employee. That's right. Yeah, she works at Yuck Yucks. And uh, Don Kelly was there and Trevor awesome. Thompson. Yeah, Trevor's. Th- that sounded like a wicked lineup. Oh, my God. It was a great show. It was a great show. Just, you know, and again, there was like 500 people there. So, yeah, two or three got offended and wrote mean letters. But then the rest had a great time time so god how offended do you have to be to write a letter i know jesus in 20 i can picture these people in my head already though oh i know just probably super conservative probably like i'm gonna say older 
Probably. Probably. I just wanted to know what they were expecting coming to a New Year's Eve party with Tom Green and Kenny versus yeah. Penny. Like, what did you think it was going to be? Like, Tom Green used to spill, like, milk on people. And, like, That's you right. would act- have to go to his show expecting, like, something might happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone, like, you-, you might get offended. There was one episode back in the day where he, like, cut a dead raccoon in half with a chainsaw that they had been keeping for, like, three weeks. And apparently the smell was, like, <gasps> made you want to throw up in your mouth. Oh, I believe that. I remember I was forced to go rabbit hunting with my dad when I was a kid to, as part of like his, I'm going to make you a man. <laughs> Didn't work. Uh, and the smell of that, the freshly killed rabbit was like ugh, overpowering. So I couldn't imagine sitting for three weeks. Are you a uh, vegetarian? No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I, I am. I was surprised when you said no, actually. But I, I try I, to be like, because I know, you know, everyone's like, meat's bad for you these days. Oh, yeah. I don't give a shit. If people eat meat, do what you want to do. I just more meant because of your story. It sounded like you were like kind of <laughs> converted out by me. It. Yeah, yeah. No, it was very, I've never eaten rabbit. But uh, yeah, no. And I don't condone hunting either. I don't like hunting. See, hunting, I find, is kind of a, a tricky subject. Even as a vegetarian, I almost lean towards hunting being not so bad. As a mass production of like what's in the supermarket. Yeah. So first of all, versus factory farming, yeah. just because those animals are being treated oh, just with no respect. Yeah. And it's just disgusting. It's bad for the environment. So many things. But also, um, there's a level of like respect, I guess I have just for having to hunt and kill your own food and skin your own food and do all the work like someone That's would have had to do a few hundred years ago. Like, um, and I've also heard things about just uh, population control. Apparently it's very important that if say the deer population, if they just said no one can hunt deer this year, there's going to be way more car accidents. The population oh, okay. boom is going to be insane. So all right. yeah, there, there's apparently arguments for it, but I'm, I'm no expert. Yeah, well, you just made me sound like an ass. So. Well, no, dude, I'm with you. Like I couldn't do it. I could never shoot <laughs> a know. fucking animal. But you make a really good point, actually, when you look at it that way. Because growing up, I'd always be like, Dad, don't hunt. Like, why? They're already dead in the grocery store. Let's just go get one of the already dead ones. But then, you know, when you put it that way. You're well, if a hunter knows from... what they're doing, from what I've heard, too, then the animal's going to have a quick death. You know, just yeah. they'll shoot them right through the heart or the brain or something. And it's over as opposed to factory farming where, I don't know, some of the videos Ugh. you see online. Oh, are I like, know. I can't watch them. You see sometimes people working that clearly are like fucking abusing animals to take out their own like stress and you see them kicking the animals and shit and like it's really hard to watch (sighs) oh i don't do well with that stuff yeah but i try to be somewhat like neutral on the whole like should you eat meat or not thing Mm. because i'm not a big fan of people that like take such a hard side that they're like oh well i can't be friends with you because you eat meat or like oh god come on like write a letter to kenny and spenny (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) have you always been a vegetarian uh no i I can't even say the exact amount i want to say probably like eight years ago or something And it started with just dropping like um, pork was the first thing because I, I read a lot about pigs and I realized they were more intelligent than dogs. Yeah. And that kind of fucked with me because I have dogs and I was like, shit, I wouldn't eat my dogs. Um, so that was that was the initial thing. And then after a couple more years, I, I stopped eating like I, I was never a big steak guy, but like all red meat. I was basically just eating poultry. And uh, then I just gave that up too. I still eat fish sometimes. Well, that's why you're vegetarian, not vegan, right? Yeah, well, and eggs. Oh, my God. And eggs. eggs and cheese. I couldn't give that up. Yeah, no. And I, I, my views on that is um, if you're treating those animals right, uh, you know, like, and you're extracting the milk or getting the eggs in a way where you're also giving them a good life, I'm sorry, but is that not kind of a sweet deal? Like, yeah. if, if this guy over here wants to chop your fucking head off and eat you, <laughs> okay, well, if I'm just getting your milk, like, your titty survived that encounter, <laughs> and we, we have milk, and I'm going to pet you, and, and, you know. It's going to be great. Yeah. Could be all right. And uh, that's why when you learn about eggs, too, I only buy like free run eggs and all that now because those are the ones where the chickens actually get like to do Live, some shit, not go outside. Well, not even that, too. Ugh. But if you buy regular eggs um, from everything I've read, they shove like six or seven in the same cage, chop their beaks off so they can't peck each other because they get stressed <gasps> out. And that's and, and beyond that, even if that doesn't bother you on a moral level, 
Um, what I try to tell people is like, which eggs do you think are going to be full of good stuff? The egg made by the fucking Guantanamo Bay like chicken right, or stress and yeah or the chicken who's like la da da this isn't so bad and then they just you know take yeah. his eggs or so wow yeah something to think about there, there you go yes yeah. so I, I try not deep. to just jump on board and be like i'm vegan now because everyone else is you know yeah i just do what, what's right for me and i think people should do the same you know well and it is healthy all this like weight loss and fitness and stuff it, you generally have a healthier diet if you try to eat more on the vegan or vegetarian side yeah i noticed so. that right away like i as soon as i cut meat in a big way it was like oh well mcdonald's has n pretty much nothing on the menu i can eat yeah. other than fries and the breakfast sandwich yeah. you know and so yeah you end up just inadvertently making a lot of better health choices a lot less greasy options and uh, yeah that's it when i started pairing that with intermittent fasting it was like boom intermittent now that is the ticket i've done that recently and it's really helped with like belly fat and stuff if you're yeah. trying to get rid of that it's supposed Huge. to be good for everything honestly like uh I've heard that, uh, well, first of all, one of the reasons I like it is if you fast, then when you do break your fast, you can generally eat like a really big meal and some things you shouldn't eat because you're in such a like metabolic state that mm -hmm. you process that food so much more efficiently because your body's just like, let's ready. go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I find honestly, it just makes me feel healthier. Um, a lot of people think that you're going to get really, really tired and fainty and stuff you when don't. you don't, if you're, if you're doing it right, you don't, if you're staying hydrated and you're getting, um, electrolytes like if you put some some salt like some himalayan salt in your water okay. surprisingly people would think that would dehydrate you but apparently those salts can be very essential when you're fasting okay well you have other stimulants too like coffee i don't know if that's cheating but i know you can have black coffee yeah that's what yeah, i do same here or, or green tea without milk or anything yeah. okay i don't think i do it right though because once you're supposed to have 16 hours is that the I have always heard at 18 hours your body goes into a state of ketosis and that's like the, the state you want to be in okay and then i try to rock that for like you know four to six hours i generally do like 20 to 24 hour fasts whoa you're hardcore that's more than intermittent dude it gets way easier the more you do it too i'll do like two or three of those a week and um wow yeah the and longest... then the other days do you eat normally yeah yeah definitely and um i eat uh i don't know it's weird though because when you start fasting a lot i do find that i'll fast and then i'll be waking up the next day like okay i don't need to fast and i won't be strictly fasting i'll put my shit in my coffee but i'm just not hungry during the day because yeah, yeah, i didn't eat anything the day before you kind of yeah so okay. i end up just eating like a really big meal right at the end of the day before i go to sleep and uh that's it yeah it's another misconception people think that that's yes. bad for you but if it helps you sleep they say it's actually good for you and uh yeah there's not it says i yeah i recently saw a doctor talk about that i can't remember what show it was they were saying eating before bed doesn't matter eating breakfast doesn't matter the whole point of break fast is that you break your fast at some point but if it's 20 hours after you wake up that's fine it's just you have to do it at some point oh and the whole three meals a day thing is just to push like uh sales in the shopping totally market it's just capitalism you it's know? too much to well, eat three meals a day you'd be so stuffed this is not how human beings operated for like you know thousands of years because that's we didn't what, have that luxury you know what that's what sold me on intermittent fasting because i was thinking if we were in the wild or i actually was looking at my dogs a lot of dogs only eat once a day and if you were in the wild hunting for your own food you wouldn't be eating three giant meals a day you're not lucky if you get one chicken at, at night to and share when, with your whole family and just that if you did kill something and you did have an opportunity to eat you would probably eat as much as you could to try to store yeah. up for who knows when i'm going to eat again that's right uh yeah i've probably talked about this uh on a another episode but whatever it's good information i think it's interesting yeah well the like you were just saying the whole wild man sort of theory that's what i've told people too and and again i've done mainly my own research i'm not an expert but i've done what works for me sort of trial and error and um the the sort of metaphor that i used was that like you said in the wild you wouldn't have anything you would then so take this to another level after not eating for a long time you would then see something you could kill and then have to exert a lot of energy yeah so 
a lot of the time before I break my fast, I go to the gym on a fast, work my ass off as if I'm hunting my prey. And then I eat a big meal that's heavy in protein and healthy fats. Oh, and so that's smart. like you're eating yeah, the thing, the mammoth or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great. dude, it's, it's once you delve into the, the fasting, you know, uh, research or whatever, there's just so many avenues you can go down that's stuff true. I haven't even done yet. You know, and then you, what you just said is so important, though. You have to find what works for you because for some people, maybe it doesn't work. You know, if you've got blood sugar issues, it's not going to work for you. But, exactly. But talk to your healthcare professional. Well, there's actually all... don't because they'll tell you to eat three fucking meals yeah, a day. <laughs> they're probably being paid to tell you yeah. that. Yeah. Um, no, some people are even taking it to another level um, of doing like several day fasts, like 96 hour fasts and stuff like that, which sounds insane. It does. But hear me out. Uh, first of all, people do it and they survive. So it's clearly not. Like you're not going to die depending on who you are, obviously. But if you're in a healthy shape and you're getting the water and you're getting your electrolytes and stuff, you're not going to die. You'll may may even find you have a lot of energy. And uh, another thing I've heard that's really good about that long-term fasting is that apparently when you completely shut your sort of insides down like that Mm -hmm. for three, four days, it actually gives your organs a chance to start repairing themselves and doing work that they haven't had time to do on themselves. Because they're processing food all the time. Or your liver especially is processing toxins constantly. So it's basically like it's trying to swim against the stream all the time. And when you finally don't give it anything for three, four days, your whole body is like, oh, self-repair mode. Like, let's regenerate a bit and work on our systems or whatever. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. Very interesting, yeah. It is. My favorite talk show host of all time, Wendy Williams, was just talking about this on her show yesterday. And she said that she does uh, she does 24-hour fast twice a week. So very similar to you, I guess. But then the other uh, five days, she kind of eats what she wants. Just goes to town, yeah. Yeah. Not goes yeah. to town, but you're going to eat what you want. And but yeah, not feel bad about it. Like, yeah. yeah. But man, I think that would be hard. I'll do like, I try not to eat before 1 p.m., which is totally not intermittent fasting. But I feel like if I just don't eat in a.m. hours, it makes a difference for me. And Well, so and far, a lot so of people good. will try and do that so that they'll have a meal, you know, sort of in the late evening. Yeah. And then make it so that most of their fasting window is is while they're asleep. Just to yeah, cheat, kind of. Well, it's not cheating, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's a lot less mentally challenging if you're not conscious. That's right. <laughs> There's so much temptation. Snacks everywhere, especially after the holidays. Jesus. Oh, my God. Talk yeah. about cheese. Hello. Cheese, chocolate, the whole shebang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, hey, that's a good time to try fasting. The new year resolutions, give it a shot. And honestly, yeah, it, it just might change the way you feel about a lot of things. I think so. You're less puffy in the morning. We could go, we could do a whole show about this. Yeah. Because I recently have gotten into it. Well, it's been a few months, but I, I've, I've noticed big changes in my body and my face and everything. You know, what's a big part of it for me is the, um, just when I accomplish those fasts, it's it's more the willpower. It really makes me mm. feel just good about like, hey, I can do that. Well, then maybe I can do this too because it is hard. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, well, I did a 36-hour fast once just to see Jeez, if I could do insane. it. you're insane. That's it was too much. fucking hard, man. But, I'm but not at doing the end that. of it, no, no. Hey, again, do what's right for you, you know? I do 16 hours. That's my limit. <laughs> well, doing a 16-hour every day kind of thing is, is really great for you too, though. Yeah. But even if you do that, throw in a random day once in a while where you don't fast because – by keeping your, your metabolism uh, on its toes, so to speak, yeah, that's yeah. supposed to help. Mm-hmm. Your body is going to try to acclimate to whatever you're doing if you do it consistently enough. So say you're you're doing those 16-hour 16 fast, 16 fasts rather, every day. Your body's going to sort of, your metabolism is going to try to adjust to that new lifestyle that you're living. That's right. So if you throw some random shit at it once in a while, it actually helps to keep your metabolism okay. ping-pong and all over the place. So. Same reason you're supposed to take rest days from the gym, right? To mm-hmm. kind of confuse exactly, your, yeah. your body. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Rocky um, Stallone did that while he was doing Rocky, where he would uh, eat really, really healthy during the week, and then on the weekend he'd have like cheesecake and shit. And for those reasons, who's that? Oh, that's your phone. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, I was like, am I hearing music? Am I going insane? Um, fasting, yeah. We're losing consciousness. Shit, yeah. I'm <laughs> fasting right now, actually. Yeah, that's why I got water going. With. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm supposed to go into ketosis at like 3 p.m., so I'll probably eat at 4. Okay. It's not going to be a long one today. I won't be here to see that. Uh-oh. No. I like it, man. It makes me feel sharp for this kind of shit, too. Yeah. You know, anytime I eat, same thing, I, I really don't like eating at work because I just want to fucking take a nap when I have a big meal. Instantly. I just want to go lie in the sun and just like... It, it, that's the thing where your body starts focusing on digesting and processing yeah. the food. Because you're not supposed to be running around when you're eating and doing no. a million things. You're supposed to let your body, you know, take its time. And that's something I do need to work on, though. I'm horrible at eating my food super fast and not, like, chewing my food like you should. And Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. I'm just always so, like... Maybe because it's been yeah, 36 <laughs> hours since your last food. <laughs> maybe, maybe. that's That That would be the logical explanation. But yeah. <gasps> I, I think I've done it since I was a kid, honestly. I'm just, I don't know, a fast eater. All right. Um, okay, so moving on, because yes. there's so much to talk to you about. Okay. Um, you do host a podcast, co-host a podcast, I should say. That's right. Jesse and Jenna's uh, Messy Podcast, MessyPodcast.com. Oh. Super fun. That's where people can find it, first yeah, of all? Yeah, you, well, you can find it everywhere, all the places you are, too, I'm sure, but Spotify, Apple, It's YouTube. on YouTube also? Yeah, we yeah. put our full episodes on YouTube if you'd rather watch us than listen. I think I usually end up seeing them on Facebook just in my feed, Yeah, well, we it's probably post from little, YouTube. That's right. Well, we post little, like, teasers, like, two-minute clips on uh, Facebook to try to get you to go listen to the podcast so. and you guys are hilarious well thank you you the guys always health. uh you have like that kind of okay so first of all we should say you guys started on radio together right yeah so we for people What's who the don't origin know, story here yeah the origin story. so back way back in 2015 uh i went a talent search and i started hosting the morning show on jump 1069 here in ottawa and uh there was a few cast changes throughout that but i stayed on the morning show um, but they were just trying to figure out what works and unfortunately that company doesn't have a lot of patience and, and in radio especially these days you have to give people time to get to know the host and get to know the show because it becomes part of your morning routine mm -hmm. right and we're like your friends so we felt like that wasn't the best move that every couple months they would change out the hosts mm. but i was i stayed through the whole thing so just you saying. just had a constantly mm -hmm. different co-host that's right well yeah. there was sometimes three of us sometimes two but anyway eventually uh they found that jenna and i worked the best together so we started hosting the morning show and we had about three and a half years together and it was really great it was a unique dynamic between us because we would joke that I was the girl and she was the guy. Like, you know how usually morning shows are like, I have the straight guy and the straight girl and it's great. So she was the sporty one and, you know, more of the man. And I was, well, the gay one and I did the celebrity gossip. And so it was really, it worked well. Nice. Um, but it came down to a, a financial thing for the company, sadly. It wasn't our ratings. Our ratings were moving in the right direction, but they decided to syndicate a show out of the States. <laughs> Who wants that? It's not going well for them. Because I, I thought you still worked for the station, though. No, I don't. No, oh, okay. I don't. No, Weird. I, don't. I, uh, I, was, I thought you still had some sort of affiliation. No. no. I mean, since I got let go in the past year, I've been filling in on some other radio stations like Magic 100, Kiss oh, nice. 105.3. So it's Sweet. nice to see that, uh, you know, people know I'm out there, but they've all just been like fill in sort of gigs. But, but hey, the podcast is going well. It is. So then to answer. Your, so after yeah, yeah. we got fired. Uh, it was a big outrage in the city because like I was saying, three and a half years, people got to know us. We were their friends on their drive to work. And so all of a sudden with no explanation, we're off air. Uh, people couldn't understand it. The ratings were great. The feedback was there. So, uh, people were pissed. And the fact that Canadians were replaced with Americans, I think was Ugh, a big bone yeah. of contention. So as much as I'd like to say <laughs> it was about me and about Jenna, uh, it wasn't, it was really that, that pissed people off. I'd say it's both, honestly, well, because all both. the points you just made are very valid. Like, uh, 
one good example is like Hot 89.9. They have a really good morning crew to the yeah. point where I really don't enjoy most of the music they play, but I'll listen just because I enjoy their banter. Oh, it's a great and, morning uh, show. Yeah. So yeah. I do think like for the same reason, if someone shut them down, a lot of people would just be oh, bummed yeah. that their little morning friends are gone, you know? That's exactly it. So then after people started saying, you know, oh, start a podcast, start a podcast, but neither of us knew how to do that or knew anything about it. Um, and then out of the blue, John Milkey, who runs a website called BlastTheRadio.com. I just started talking with this guy the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Talking to him or about him? Uh, like I made a comment on something. I think he was um, he was posting something about his channel and he listed you and a bunch of other people. Oh, yeah. So I just wrote like, hey, I'd love if you check out my podcast. Jesse's going to be on oh, this fine. Friday. So, yeah. And then we had a bit of a back and forth. Oh, he'd be a great guest, too. Same with Jenna. But he uh, reached out to us and was like, hey, you guys got to keep your brand going. I have a studio very similar to yours. And uh, yeah, so we were like, all right, what have we got to lose? And never in a million years that I think we would still be running the podcast a year and a half later. Uh, it's kind of a bittersweet because we love doing it. But the whole point was hoping that another radio station would pick us up mm. because we work so well together. We have great chemistry. We have the fan base. Uh, but that hasn't happened yet. So we're Wait, still Have you guys away. had like some kind of growth still this year? Like, on the podcast yeah picking up more uh, listeners and for stuff. sure there yeah we, we keep moving in the right direction particularly on social media our engagement's getting bigger and bigger and bigger but it's just radio is moving in the opposite direction radio is shrinking so we're just it, time is not on our side right now with this industry i wonder if you uh could reach out to like sirius or one of those uh mm. satellite radio guys maybe i don't know i mean you've got some good credentials and your show's entertaining so yeah it's a little inappropriate. I think that might be something that has worked against us. We talk a lot about sex and I'm pretty drugs sure and rock and roll. Is, uh, <laughs> no, serious would be yeah, fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's up your alley. Maybe, but uh, the Ottawa market's just tough to crack because unlike a lot of markets in radio, Ottawa doesn't change that much for the most part. Like you said, you have the morning hot tub, you have stuntman stew, you have the... Shay just fucking... Oh my gosh, Doc and Woody, but... What was that? Well, they retired. That was their choice. Oh, so it was... Okay, okay. And that's amazing. Hats off to them because in radio, the you rarely get people that make it as far as being able to actually retire. Well, I was air. just worried because one day I heard these other guys and I thought they just like, you know, fired them overnight. Kind no, of thing, no, they, they retired. So good for mm. them. But that to my point, like Ottawa radio doesn't change the way some bigger cities like Toronto or New York do. So uh, there's just not a lot of spots. So I just mm. feel like if we keep plugging away, eventually Mahler's got to retire. <laughs> eventually Stuntman Stu's got to go. <laughs> well, and your guys podcast still has like a morning show kind of vibe because you guys yeah. are always doing um like little funny news stories and stuff like that yeah so. weird news friday yeah, yeah so we put out three episodes a week fridays uh we do our weird news episode where we talk about like the weirdest news we can find people shoving things in their butts alien abductions i've you seen know. some of these for sure good stuff the penis things on the beach or whatever those weird oh um, yeah what those, were those they were like some sort of slug uh, thing yeah some worm thing oh my god they really did look like dicks though <laughs> <laughs> you'd, you'd think i would remember um but then on Mondays, we put out a new segment that we recently started a couple months ago, which is kind of like a Dear Abby. So listeners will write us letters, which is so cool that we actually get real letters from people. I know. I'm very jealous. Uh, yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> Someone write to us. Anyway. Start talking about dicks on the beach. <laughs> You're going to uh, send you like a letter. pity letter now. <laughs> yeah. And people will like send us their life dilemmas. Like our last one was about um, uh, a woman caught her boss at work trying to hit on her boyfriend. Because the boyfriend told her, like the boss Whoa. drunk dialed her boyfriend because she was the woman's emergency contact. I'm not explaining this right. The boyfriend was the employee's emergency contact. So okay. this drunk supervisor found his number on the emergency contact Ooh, list Jesus. and drunk dialed him all flirty flirty. Knowing so, he's like a straight guy in a relationship with this woman. Yeah. Well, the boss is a woman too. Oh, okay. Okay. For some reason I was thinking, wow, how sexist of me. Uh, yeah. Really, I assumed 2020, the boss was a man. It. 
So I'm a stay-at-home dad. I, I'm so, very 2020. <laughs> you are actually, and a vegetarian. So the employee didn't know whether or not she should confront her supervisor about it. So that's what the letter was. Mm. And I was saying, like, mm, it's risky because she used the phone, so there's no track record. There's no proof of what she talked about. She could say, yeah, yeah. you know, anything. It's her word against his. Right. Damn. Risky business. That's so cool, though, getting uh, letters from viewers. I'm so jealous. It's yeah. got to be fun just to have that ammunition for the podcast. Like, it's just, oh, it's great. you know, good fuel for the fire or whatever. I, we, we are very clear that we are not experts. <laughs> we just give our opinion, <laughs> and that's it. I don't think we've ever helped anybody, but it's fun to talk about. Well, and you guys have a good chemistry together. It's just awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the whole setup is great. Yeah, it is great when Jenna lets me get a word in. <laughs> <laughs> a little dig against Jenna there. <laughs> um, I was going to say, uh, when I was watching one of your other things you were involved in, Dirty Love, ah! uh, did I see Jenna in there in a little cameo? Yes, Jenna, a little cameo okay. in the dildo store. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, she was looking for one that would help her scream in five different languages. So um, Let's talk about Dirty Love, yeah. Dirty Love was, uh, <coughs> it's a great show. Uh, it addresses a lot of important themes that are not on TV right now. So Very uh, taboo in a lot of ways. Very yeah. taboo. So Mesa Huri is the creator and writer and director and star of the show. And uh, it's basically about a, a Muslim woman who is selling sex toys. And in the Muslim culture. And her culture, dad's not happy about not it. Not happy about it. So uh, it that's sort of... Um, where it starts and it ha- deals with a lot of taboo themes like you said you know that's about where i got to i've had a yeah. crazy week but i was trying to you know delve into it a little bit so i had some knowledge on the subject well yeah it talks about that or like my character marcus uh is gay obviously well not obviously but he is he's even gayer than i am in real life and uh his storyline well he gets um attacked in a parking garage so we deal with the oh, you know getting assaulted and homophobia and that sort of thing and uh, a lot of heavy subject matter but it's also funny so. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I really did enjoy the writing. That was one of the things I thought really stood out the most. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna keep watching because it sounds like it just gets crazier. Honestly, it does. It gets. Uh, it's pretty juicy, and we hope for a season two. But uh, we should tell people this is on YouTube. It's this on is YouTube. like a web series. It's a web series for now. Yeah. Or uh, DirtyLoveSeries.com. You can watch it on the website and read all about the characters and the synopsis. See if you're interested before watching it. But um, you know what's funny is, and I know you've done some acting too. When you watch projects that you've been involved with, you remember where you were at in your life while you were filming. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as much as I love Dirty Love, it started shooting uh, about three weeks after we got fired. So Ooh. I was a mess. My personal life, I was all over the place. You know, I didn't know who I was anymore. didn't know what I was doing for a career. I was drinking every day, eating McDonald's. So I, I feel like I didn't look my best in the series. And, uh, didn't show. It, yeah, I well, I know, and I shouldn't say that, but you know, I remember. Ugh, that day I was really hungover, or like that day I, you know, lost another audition, and it's just funny how you. It is weird, yeah. How it puts you back in those shoes yeah, for a second, which yeah. isn't great, but but anyway. But it sounds like it was a fun experience on it's set. D- it was a great distraction from what I was going through, and uh, and you're still tight with yeah, all of them. Absolutely, yeah. Blakely, he's the bald guy in the show. Um, he moved to Vancouver to pursue acting, so he's not even yeah. here anymore. But if we start shooting again, maybe he'll come back. I don't it's know. It's one of the places to be for sure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Why aren't we screwed here in Ottawa? Canadian showbiz based in Ottawa, Ontario. Whoopee! <laughs> We're an uphill battle, Oliver George. Yeah, it's a growing industry in Ottawa, though. Mm-hmm. It's getting there slowly. And hopefully, we get that sound stage that they've been talking about. Yeah, yeah, about I've heard about that years. as well. Yeah, that'd be yeah, awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to say overall, from what I saw on, on um, Dirty Love, it seemed like a really engaging show and and take this as a big compliment. But to me, it had a Degrassi vibe. Yes. And I love yes! Degrassi, um, even in like uh, just, you know, 
the, the filming and everything. You totally. Know? There was just something sort of amateurish about it, but but that made it very endearing. That is what I used to say. I totally forgot. I used to describe it as Degrassi for adults. That's Look what it that. is. Now I feel so good. I was worried that might be like an insult to some no. people because it's kind of low budget television. Come and, you on. Know. Who doesn't love Degrassi? Give me a break. Boom. Yeah, right there. Oh, my gosh. Signed by uh, Pat Mastriani, Joey Jeremiah. Oh, look at I that. I met him at uh, some pop expo thing in Cornwall a couple of years ago. I love it. Yeah. I need wheelchair Jimmy up there. <laughs> Jimmy Brooks, yeah. Oh, were Jimmy you a, a fan of both series? Or? Uh, no, no. I watched the original, but I just know because Drake, you know. Well, yeah, everybody knows it now. Right. But I actually, guilty. I mean, I dropped off eventually, but I watched some of The Next Generation. It was surprisingly true to the original. Yeah. And they had some ties and connections where, like, you know, the uh, the main girl, Emma, was Spike's daughter. Spike was the one who got pregnant in the original series. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and just little, con- like, uh, Snake becomes the principal, I believe. And just little connections like that. So You say Spike, I think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Spike is another great character. Oh my gosh. That was my first like celebrity crush. And the reason I started bleaching my hair, James (laughs) Marsters, Marsters. Oh, James Marston is Cyclops. I think. Yeah. I don't know him. You don't know. uh, But Marsters is for sure. Spike. Trust me. I know. I'm sure you know the guy I'm talking about too. If I showed you a picture. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spike and Buffy, man. I haven't thought about that in ages. I used to watch Buffy all the time as a kid. I love such a good show. Yeah. And apparently they continued it uh, in comic books. They did like season whatever after. They did like two or three more seasons that were supposed to be direct continuations from the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. Man, that's the kind of role you want as an actor is one of those like iconic. You know, you have people that are like, I don't want to be. You know, who's one that complained about that? Kramer. Like, typecast or whatever. Kramer. What's his real name? Oh, that's not his problem. Kramer's Michael. got bigger problems with his group. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I remember he used to say like he wanted to distance himself from Kramer and he's an actor and he has so many other roles that he wants highlighted. And I'm like, fuck that. If you're on a show that's successful enough to make you syndicated like, that a million times over, like sorry, take it. You're Kramer. You know, same with Buffy. But she, uh, she's yeah. mentioned that in interviews that she appreciates it. She doesn't care that she gets called Buffy on the street. Fuck no. No. I mean, you're like a, a character that's going to be always associated with you now Iconic. because there was another Buffy. Take before. that, Alicia Silverstone. Was it Alicia Silverstone? No, it was. Um, the fuck was her name? She looks like Alicia Silverstone. She w- yeah, she does. Um, she was not super famous. Christy Swanson, I think, was her name. Oh, does that, that sound sounds right. right. She's an 80s star, I think, but I don't know that she does anything anymore. Have yeah. you seen that movie, though? The original? Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. It's got, what's his name? Pee Wee Herman was the bad vampire. Oh, yeah. Paul <laughs> Rubens. Our I think I was right life. before his uh, little uh, situation <laughs> there, yeah. Yikes. Yeah, he was one of the first Me Tooers. <laughs> well, no, he got caught jerking off in oh, a yeah, porn really? uh, Even worse than Me Too. Well, in a way, it's kind of weird, right? Because 100% don't think that's right. But I kind of don't think it's right to have porn theaters because it's like it goes against the nature of why most people watch porn is to yeah. fucking get <laughs> off or whatever. It's so, like, true. it's like you keep it in your pants for two hours. It would be a weird experience. It would I, be I'm a not challenge. condoning <laughs> what he did, but yeah, well, I guess. Yeah. It just seems weird. Oh, you know, gosh. the Mayfair used to be a, a porn theater in the 80s. I didn't know that. I read about it since it's been around since like the 30s. It's gone through all these different owners, and there was a brief period in the 70s or the 80s where it was. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. So. So that there. They, they got those carpets cleaned a few times. I guess so. <laughs> it's not butter on the floor. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Audible groan from my dad. Yeah. Um. Shit, man. I, I got a bunch more to talk to you about. Yeah, though. please. Um, let's go. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Well, you had mentioned something to me that uh, I, I didn't really know much about, which was Queer Sphere. Oh, And I was going to let you Thank just you like fill me up. in. Yeah. Yeah. Queer Sphere. So actually, this ties in nicely to the story about when we got let go. So one of the things that happened when we lost our radio show was um, there, we, I started getting emails from moms that had gay children. 
And they said this is a travesty because never before in Ottawa has there been such an openly gay personality that my son or daughter could look to as a role model, which makes me cringe. Like, oh, I'm not a role model. I drink wine at 11 a.m. Like, you know, <laughs> but I know what they meant was that there's a public figure that you could say, look, like, you're OK. You're normal. There's somebody. Yeah. On the and radio. don't sell yourself short, man. Like, it's, you see, it's easy to beat yourself up. But someone else looking at you is like, look at this guy, everything he's accomplishing, you yeah. know, you're healthy, you're, you're busy, you're successful. Right. Well, anyway. thank you. But so I was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that there was this whole new generation of like gay families that are where it's like when I grew up, it was you, not an option to be gay. What are you talking about? God doesn't want that for you, you know. Mm. So this whole new world where it's accepted from children to be able to identify that way and the parents that embrace it. It's like, wow, you can have these family conversations that weren't even on the table when I was growing up. So uh, one of the th one of the women uh, that reached out to me with one of these sons uh, runs a wonderful company in Ottawa called Karma Creative Solutions, and Karma is responsible for putting on a bunch of trade shows like the Ottawa Wedding Show, and uh, they're involved with the Tulip Festival, Beaver Tales, a lot of big festivals and organizations. And uh, Joe Riding is the general manager for the Tulip Festival, and she's the one that contacted me and said, "Hey, what about a gay trade show? There's nice. not one in Ottawa. There's not one in the country. So let's make a gay trade show." keeps you out in the public eye that's all i needed to hear i'm going to be on a bus okay sign me up <laughs> um and it was a great idea so i can't even take credit for coming up with the idea for it it's very innovative uh and it's basically it the reason i think that it had never been done before is because a lot of trade shows are very niche you know like i said weddings pets mm -hmm. whatever this is sort of it's called queer sphere because everybody's welcome in the sphere if you're a queer or if you're a queer friendly business or a straight an owned ally. and operated bit or an ally it's fine come exhibit your business nice. at queer sphere so that's why we call it a sphere we're all in one planet kumbaya you know so uh but it took a minute for people to get their head around what is this mm -hmm. and i think still people are figuring out what exactly queer sphere is but it's basically a small business trade show that anybody can come and then showcase your brand or business at nice. as long as, as you're, long as you're not a homophobe as long as you're not <laughs> and then what kind of business owner would want to say i'm a homophobe well, exactly <laughs> so it makes selling booths easier because it's like oh you don't want to come to this hmm okay <laughs> i think that's really good though because it's very important to make people feel included because it's you know you can only say like oh we're this marginalized group if you're then ex like willing to accept when those people you're so mad at that were marginalized right. and you are finally coming around well then don't turn them away when they're finally waking up and you know getting coming to their senses and realizing hey like what this isn't a big deal like everyone should just get along and absolutely the fuck. so um that's good because uh i we had a weird experience once um kelly my fiance and i mm -hmm. we went to a gay bar called tease once because oh, yeah. we were at a, a party next door for a work thing and we ended up leaving going like oh let's check out somewhere else and that was just the next place we went to didn't know it was a gay bar when we found out we didn't care yeah it, it was awesome we had some great conversations made some great friends friends uh and then another time i don't know a couple months later we're walking downtown looking for a place to drink we walked by there and it was a much busier night i don't know if it's canada day or some some something of that level yeah and uh there was a bunch of guys outside and they said something to the effect of like saying like that i should come in and she should keep walking kind oh. of thing yeah right and we're clearly together we were holding hands like strolling together and they were just like well he can come in but I don't know. They are, I think we, no, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm misremembering the story. We went in, it was super packed. 
So we left. And then when we walked out, like, that's when they stay. started chirping at us. They're like, yeah, it's n- not really your place or something like that. And then they said, yeah, you oh, can stay. So I don't like that. But no. they were probably just drunk trying to be funny. Of but. course. And I, we, I, in no way was I like, oh, wow, gay people are mean now. Like, I'm, well, I we are a little that, bit mean, but it's okay. <laughs> but that's just a bunch of assholes. Assholes yeah. come in all shapes, colors, sexual orientations. There's just dickheads out there. It doesn't matter. Well, take it as know. a compliment. They thought you were cute. They sure. wanted you to stay. But I was more offended that like that no, they wouldn't want like say. a straight. I kind of get it though. It's a small place. And like if you are in a marginalized group and you want to have your own area where you can go and, and be like, hey, it's just gay people when I come here. Like I get it in a way, you know. Yeah, so but I, I, I try to see both sides, you know. I, I told it's a whole thing. And, you know, I try to see both sides, too. But I don't understand those people who are marginalized who are fighting for equality but then also want to be segregated and that is one of the big issues of the gay community even organizing queer sphere we have had some criticisms where people were like well not all the businesses were queer owned and operated Mm -hmm. a lot of them were straight businesses you know uh like beachwood cemetery you know they don't identify one way or another but they were one of our exhibitors and uh, they're not haters gay people die too you know yeah exactly uh, that was one and of the, the as long as these people don't want them to burn in hell. That's right. right? That was our whole mandate. <laughs> but then I'm like, really? You're gonna you're like, oh, all the businesses should be gay. Well, aren't we trying to fight to be accepted in all one world? Yeah, and melting pot. Who cares? Kinda, yeah. yeah, who cares? That's it's what weird. I don't understand. I know it's a very weird kind of situation. And um, never once in my life have I been hit on or by a woman or s- said I was good looking and it was like, oh, I'm offended, you know? Like yeah. so, th- the people that get offended, uh, you have to wonder why. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, you were mentioning just that, uh, you, you know, families growing up now are a lot more open to people coming out and stuff like yeah. that with their children. So that's why I was going to ask you, what was your experience when you were growing Oof. up and coming out? It's brutal yeah. or? Uh, it was a little brutal. Well, like my, so your dad was a bit of a man's man. He was a big man's man. Uh, you know, not, yeah, I don't want to say, we don't have a oh, yeah, hey, relationship only now. say what you're comfortable saying. No, of I just don't want to disparage anybody when they're not here to defend themselves Besmirch, so, yeah. you know, but my dad, uh, he's come a long way now. Uh, we don't have a tight relationship anymore but my parents broke up when i was 13 and you know he was a drinker the whole story Mm. the typical textbook not great uh, upbringing my parents fought a lot so the gay thing wasn't even i always knew my entire life you know i was in the womb like hey can we get some curtains in here (laughs) um (laughs) i'm more of a winter than a placenta it didn't match my skin tone uh but anyway but i i never would come out uh growing up so my coming out story was actually in high school. I was 17. And I don't know if you had this at your high school. Uh, there was something called Tequila Sunrise. Yes. Where I've it was like it. day before grad, you like go in this car rallies and you have to like do all these awful scavenger hunts, like steal a mailbox okay. and all these horrible things. Don't do it, kids. I did not do it, but I remember this now. Well, I did it. And so I remember, and you drink, of course, not the person driving, but I was one of no, the no, drinkers. No, no, but that's the, hence the tequila, yeah. That's right, tequila center. And so I get a call from my mom, and she's screaming at me over the phone, you're gay, I can't believe you're gay, and uh, God doesn't want this, she's religious. She found something. She found something. <laughs> what she found was an 8 by 10 picture I had of my boyfriend at the time that uh, said, happy two months, baby, because you do that in high school, right? Uh. Two months. So she found this in a frame under my bed that I was going to give to him, and, and she was so upset. Um, but I am happy to say that a couple days later she came around uh, because I have an older sister who's very progressive. I feel like you'd get along with her very well. She's, you know, vegetarian, hippie. Um, <laughs> she I guess DJ. I give out that vibe with all the weed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she smokes weed too. DJ Jazz Nasty is her name. She's a DJ. She really? would be That's a good a guest. Name. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. You hook us up. That'd be awesome. She... Uh, 
gave my mom like a good talking to. And I'm not totally sure what she said, but she said something. And then uh, the this next is your day, son. You're going to fucking love him. Maybe. Something, something like, that. like yeah. that. And like explained, what does it matter? And my mom came around and uh, cut to X amount of years later. We're best friends. And she wouldn't have it any other way. And, and she... She'll send me cute guys. She sends me fashion stuff. She breaks everyone. She's got a gay That's son. That's amazing. So she just had to make that mental shift. And now she goes on these rants about, why does anybody care who you're sleeping with? You don't go around asking people, who do you want to have sex with? But when it's gay people, it's like public Everybody's knowledge. business, yeah. Well, it, and it is a weird thing it is to weird. put it that way. No, that's fantastic. I'm very happy that you guys have been able yeah. to find a relationship that works. Uh, what I would ask then is how did that affect her religion? Did she like shift what she believes? No, because she was always uh she's Christian, united, so it's always very loosey goosey anyway. Okay. Um, but I just think it came from a place of you have a roadmap for your kids, and I'm sure you do with mm. your son too. Uh, or you have goals. I have three things. kids. Yeah. Oh wow, Jesus. <laughs> the other two are like eleven and nine too, so they're a lot closer to you know potentially some of these revelations right. and stuff. You but know? I, whether it's gay or sexuality or just even career or who yeah knows, anything yeah you have an idea of maybe what you hope your child to be, and it's never that way. So I hope my kids are happy yeah. and and not wanting you know not like uh unhealthy or or super poor where they can't get by but other than that i just want them to be happy well that's good. find someone they love you're a good dad do something they love you know? yeah and my mom uh always wanted grandkids she, her mom is like her job her career is being a mom so i think it was always important to her that we have kids and she's very mm. traditional that way and so that was sort of always like, adopt oh, yeah you i know? am having kids are you kidding no. me Ugh. there you go no <laughs> Sorry, you just said you have three. Yeah, it's all good, you man. Can do no, it it's for us. <laughs> hey, it's not for everybody. It's just like fasting, just like certain religion, like whatever. That's what people need to learn is like let people do what makes them happy as long as they're not hurting anybody, you know? And yeah. I guess with religion, sometimes they are hurting people, but. Well, I just don't like kids because I get jealous, you know? Why do you still get a special menu at the restaurants? Oh, your mom still wipes your butt so you get 50% <laughs> off spaghetti? F you. Yeah, that's. Give uh, me this discount spaghetti. There's some perks, I'll admit, to being yeah. a kid. How about just not having to like worry about shit as long as your parents have their shit together you kind of just get to chill that's right no i do Uh, like kids i just don't know if i'd want one of my own we'll see it's it's definitely a huge shift in your life i mean things never go back to when you didn't have kids really unless you're on vacation or you got a babysitter for a week or something you don't really ever get that back that well and i feel like and maybe you can talk to this but like how do you manage your own goals and aspirations and you know i've got big hopes and dreams for myself so i feel like a kid would hinder that and all of a sudden you have to give up everything you wanted to do because you've got to focus on this wonderful little person um i don't know i mean i may have a unique situation uh but maybe i've worked hard to sort of find that situation but um first off my my two oldest kids i share custody with my ex-wife and we have a a amicable relationship you know that's she listens to my podcast so that's very shout out to sylvie um so that i mean just for time though like i only have them every second week and we mm-hmm. do a visit usually when it's her week i'll take them one of the nights out of the week too okay. so um there's some well you know, that's a good setup i have a similar arrangement with my ex but we share the chihuahuas <laughs> is that serious it's, i'm dead serious oh, so damn. we do one week one week and on the weeks i don't have them i'm like oh it's so nice i don't have to get up and go for a walk first thing in the morning so i do I we actually yeah when kelly and i were first together before we had our, our youngest son um it was kind of interesting. It was very strange going from being, you know, full-time parent to being like having a week where I'm parenting and then a week where I could like stay up as late as I want do whatever I want. It's nice, right? It was fun. But I mean, she, she told me when we got together that she wanted to be a mother and, and I wasn't opposed to having like one last kid. So yeah, uh, when the time was right, you know, it was still magical and, and I love the little guy so much. So, um, but as far as getting shit done, I'm yeah. Adam, I'm jealous of his hair. Speaking of jealousy. Oh yeah. Everyone's oh. telling me to cut it. He's got a mean mullet. Right I don't now. know if you should cut it. I pay good money for that color. Yeah. Golden locks. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so having the uh, the older two only every second week, that obviously helps as far as like freeing up time. Um, but part of it is my my work situation. So I'm not just a stay-at-home dad, but um, my fiance works as an ICU nurse. So she works full-time, first of all, but her hours are very interesting that she'll do like two 12-hour days or sometimes three, wow. and then one 12-hour night. Essentially four 12-hour shifts in a row, but then she gets five days off. So during those five days off, I try to get stuff like this done, but I also pick up shifts at my own hospital job uh, where I, ster I sterilize surgical stuff at the oh, Civic. So very important. Yeah, it's not a bad job either. Yeah, exactly. And a few shifts goes a long way with that, that job. So um, yeah, it's just uh, the situation that we've got kind of works because we don't have to pay for daycare. I can do stand-up gigs, generally That's speaking. Great. Yeah, and we've got grandparents to help with babysitting and stuff. So Way to go, Dad. <laughs> and can we shout out to Kelly for being an ICU nurse? OMG, nurses yeah. don't get enough credit or Dude. enough money. I am telling you, nurses do more work than doctors, and they put up with more disgusting shit, literally. Uh, I can't say enough about nurses. She honestly. amazes me, like every day like obviously there's only so much she can say because her job's somewhat confidential when yeah. you're working with patients and stuff but you know i can tell when she's had a crazy day and and just just what you got to do to do that job especially icu is insane oh, she's yeah. around so much death and yet <gasps> she's like the yeah. most positive person i've ever met in my oh, life she's like cup half full cup half full 95 percent of the time so oh enough um, to make you sick <laughs> no, because it's so genuine. Honestly, you spend time with her and you're just like, damn, I wish I could be that happy. Oh, good for her. I'm so grateful that there's people that, that are nurses out there and the good ones because I couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't it's, do it's it. a very self. Well, not selfless. You're getting paid, but it, it really is like in, in a lot of ways because you could pick anything for a job, right? You don't have to pick like no. yeah. waiting on people hand and foot while they're potentially dying or, or going through a really hard time. And then you got to deal with the families who are grieving and uh and sh in icu too right there's a, a mixture of people who are old mm -hmm. and just sort of dying of natural causes and then people who are younger who are coming in because of drug overdoses and stuff like that so car accidents yeah, yeah yeah exactly a lot of, well um no here if there's like any sort of traumatic thing they'll go to the civic that's where the trauma oh, center is, is. That the, oh yeah. i didn't know that's how it split up yeah i know that because i work at the civic in sterilization so like when the bus accident happened it was like hey we <gasps> need everyone to come in because like there's like multiple amputations we're having to borrow amputation sets from other hospitals because Jesus. yeah it was fucked up man like um and you know if there's like a gunshot or any any of that kind of shit it's like oh we're gonna be busy tonight but you you instantly shift at least i do i go okay well my life could be a lot worse right now yeah. you know no kidding <laughs> let's work our ass off and try to be part of the the system you know sidebar you just mentioned amputations and on our uh one of our recent podcasts we have a story about a guy who was in a car accident and he had to have his arm cut off but he kept the arm what? and apparently like this, pickled it or something he well he got it uh <laughs> what's the word taxidermy yes oh my god and now it's like on his wall on like a plaque like you know how you'd like, <laughs> like with mount a thumbs a fish. up tell me it's a thumb yes or a middle finger i don't it's know I didn't, uh, it's holding a bouquet of flowers Oh. But I know, cheesy. Well, that, yeah, it should have been like, like a rock on or something. I didn't realize you can request this. Apparently, you just have to fill out a form. Maybe Kelly would know. But you just fill out a form, and they'll like package it, and you can take it to a taxidermist and have that done. If I ever get anything amputated, I'm doing that. Really? Best Don't... Halloween decoration of life. Yeah, in theory, but do you think you could actually stomach like carrying like, your Oh, arm. my <laughs> hand is in this like fucking cooler right now or whatever. Ugh. Oh, yeah, it'd be rough. But Ugh. talk about making the best out of a shitty situation. Good for him. That's true. Yeah. I mean, uh, nowadays, at least, not that it's, I don't want to say like, now's the time to lose a limb. But like, <laughs> uh, compared to, you know, like 50 years ago, at least sure. with the advancements with technology, especially if you have the money. Yeah. And give it another 25 years, we're going to have straight up like cyborg arms that are, if they don't already. That, I'm pretty they, sure well, they, they have They have joints. My mom uh, has rheumatoid arthritis, unfortunately. And so she's already had a few uh, joints replaced. Like she's got a fake shoulder, fake oh. knee. So she's like, when I die and get cremated, it's just going to be a pile of, like, metal. <laughs> just like a Terminator. Bion exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
pretty cool stuff it's neat what we can do oh man um i just want to keep an eye on the time because i know you're kind of like uh well what time no i don't oh no it's my dad actually we switched our time around now it's my dad who's got the dentist thing eh? oh the dentist dad yeah hopefully nothing serious no no i think uh i think it's all good right just some sort of just a cleaning. Oh, I love the, I love a oh, dental cleaning. Yo, I, I just started going to a new dentist maybe a couple of years ago when I moved out here, and they are thorough. It made me wonder what my old dentist was doing because I went to these guys, and it hurt. They were getting every little nook and cranny with a stupid little yeah, hook thing. Yeah, scratchy thing. thing. Do you floss all over? You got to floss. Now I do. Yeah. Honest mm-hmm. to God, it was, a, it was a blessing in disguise because the experience was terrible the first time I went there, but then I was like, I don't want to have to feel that again, so I started flossing at least like every second day now. <laughs> and it used to be like a once a month or like disgusting. I'm looking at your dad. We're not impressed. Yep. We got to do every day. I've only had like two cavities in my life. I got pretty nice teeth. All right. All, all right. right. Okay. A little maybe yellow from smoking weed, but that's better. <laughs> Does weed make your teeth yellow? I thought it was just cigarettes. Well, I smoked oh, cigarettes no. for nine years. Oh, well, that'll do it. Started when I was 13, went to like 21 or something. Mm, at least you quit. Yeah. I, I really wish I had it. There's a lot of things that like I've done, whether it's, you know, um, weed or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever, that I don't really regret those decisions. I regret when I did them. Like I regret that I did that stuff so early in my life. Mm. Because yeah. I, you know, especially now when more studies are coming out, they say that weed um, shouldn't really, it's not bad for you. And in a lot of cases, it's beneficial, but that you should wait till you're like 21 to 25 <laughs> until your brain's fully done developing. Yeah, 25. I recently read that your brain's not done till 25. Yeah. And I believe that. I'm sure you could smoke a joint here or there, but they're saying like, don't become a pothead where you're like really like every day tw- tweaking your chemistry yeah. in your brain. But. We're doing all right. We're still here. <laughs> well, I mean, I have anxiety and OCD and sometimes other things like depression and shit. But um, I always wonder, like, would I have been that way anyways? Yeah. Was I using weed as a teenager to treat those things? It's kind of like, you know, chicken and the egg sort of thing. I'm not really sure which preceded the other. And you can't go back now. So no. And, and looking ahead. back, I had symptoms of OCD as young as like 10 years old. I think that was, uh, and then it went away for a few years and kind of reasserted itself. I had what was it of, like? You like flick the light switch ten times? Or like- uh, no, and my dad could probably remember this. Um, when I was ten, they found me when I was doing my math homework. I would keep erasing the numbers because they didn't look like the way I wanted them to. Oh, weird. Until the paper would like rip and stuff because I was like just neurotic about it. And like when your kid's like ten, like what do you say to that? You're like. I'm sorry. Like, On one hand, I'd be like, it's a good thing. He cares that he wants to have nice le- letters. <laughs> yeah, when the paper's ripping, though. like Yeah, a little much. And I, I, like, totally forgot about that. And then around 16, 17 is when I had, like, a really big... I'm sure I had some anxiety intermittently in high school, as we all do. Mm. But um, around 16, 17, after graduating high school, I took a year off. And I think I, I felt, like, kind of lost. And I had too much time on my hands to just kind of, like, stew in my brain. And I fucked around with a couple drugs that I hadn't really done before. And I don't know, maybe that all mixed together, but I had a bit of a, I wouldn't call it a break. Like I didn't have to go to, yeah. Uh, I did go to therapy. I did talk to a therapist, but I didn't go to like a psych ward or anything. You know what I mean? It was yeah. more just like, all right, I need to just figure out what's going on here. And then yeah. I learned I had anxiety and OCD and kind of some ways to try to deal with it. And I think everybody should be in therapy if you could afford it. I, I went to one after my uh, big breakup because I was in a relationship for 14 years. So it was a big life switch. And uh, we're still friends now, thankfully. But afterwards, I was a bit messed up. And so I went to see a therapist for a few sessions, and it really helped me. So I don't yeah, think there's any shame about that. A lot of people are like just naturally stubborn about going and taking advice from someone else, myself included. Like, Well, for me, it was about the having somebody that's unbiased listen and mm-hmm. like give like unjudgmental advice. Yeah, it's like clinical advice. It's like yeah. there's no personal attachment to anything exactly. that you're saying. They're just like, okay, you've presented me with the data. I'm going to give you a response. Exactly. Yeah. So no, it's great. I, I found that the same thing. I mean, I, I haven't been in years but and obviously they have training too so if you really do have certain issues a lot of time they can give you sort of cognitive methods to to deal with a lot of the issues yeah um 
But no, you take it one day at a time, right? If you've got mental illness or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I've talked about this before. My main thing is that if you have something like that, as long as you're always trying to get better. I think so. You know, that's my main thing. I don't like people who just come. I mean, I don't yeah, no, say, say I don't it. like you. I know what you mean. When people just totally give up and wallow in it. or And you could, this could be applied to anything. It can be applied to diet. It can be applied to like so many things where people are just like, well, I'm fucked. So I, I might as well fuck myself more. And it's like, that's or it. you could try to take even baby steps to drag yourself back towards whatever you think is the better version of you, you know? You know, with social media, I find a lot of those people have the outlet now to complain about it, but mm-hmm. then they don't actually do anything. And that's what I find. Well, so and find another chorus of people who are like, yeah, I echo that because I'm also yeah. lazy and don't want to make a fucking change in my life. You that's know? right. And that's not the same thing as being depressed. Sometimes you're just lazy and need to make a change in your life. Well, yeah, because even if you're depressed, you can acknowledge that you're depressed and right. try to seek some sort of, uh, you know, I mean, easier said than done. I've had depression times where I, I like literally didn't want to get out of bed and you feel like paralyzed and you feel just like you don't even want to talk to people because you feel like you're parasitic, like you're going to infect yeah. them with your sadness or some shit, yeah. you know? And it's I've had that. It's different for everyone. Yeah, that's, that's probably the, out of everything I've had to deal with, because OCD is fucking daily for me, um, same with anxiety, but depression is this thing for me that comes in like every few months I'll have like a really couple bad days and I, it's the one I hate the most. It's just, yeah. I hate feeling unmotivated and like just low. Especially as a dad, that's gotta be tough. Yeah. I mean, your kids usually help for the most part, but yeah, if you get like less patience for everybody in your life and I just feel like a fucking grump and I don't like feeling like, I feel like, yeah, you feel like you want to tell people like, Hey, just stay away from me because I'm just going to bring you down. You know, yeah. like that kind of a vibe. Yeah. And it's self-pity. It's whatever. But uh, anxiety and OCD, I would take any day over depression because depression is just so fucking Dark. crippling, crippling yeah. to me personally in, in what I want to do. So, Well, you talk about mental illness. We're both stand-up comedians, aspiring Canadian stand-up comedians. So there's got to be some mental illness. <laughs> What's wrong with us? I'd like Why to know are we doing this? <laughs> what percentage of stand-up comedians don't have some kind That's of... That's right. Like, I don't... This would 0.2 or something? I don't think you'd do it. That's my point. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't get on a stage and say, laugh at me. Laugh at me. I don't care. If yeah, because like even if you're just a just narcissist, laugh. that's probably a form of mental illness, right? right? To be a hardcore yeah. narcissist. So Yeah. Uh, why Why did you get into stand-up though, specifically? Because <laughs> I'm a narcissist. No. Uh, the reason is, I uh, like I said, I've always been into acting and I've always wanted to make it as an actor. That's still my, my first passion, but the roles weren't coming through. And uh, when I left theater school in Toronto, you know what they told me? They said I would never make it as an actor because I was too commercial. I was too Hollywood. What about a commercial actor? And I was That's like, still making it. Yeah, but I didn't understand what they meant. And I was devastated. And I was like, fuck them. They don't know. I'm going to show them. But then when I moved back to Ottawa and I started booking gigs, just hosting stuff. And I saw that the snowball effect started to, to work with me just being myself. Like I was just a personality. And I realized maybe this is what they meant. Like I'm still acting. It's just that my personality and my whole shtick is so strong that it's hard for people to believe me as other characters, mm. which is you talk about dirty love. Marcus is not that far off the actual me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I hear and what I'm you're saying. And I'm fine with that. I'll be a Julia Roberts. I don't need to be Meryl Streep. Julia Roberts is the same character in every movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So embrace your, your right. you know, what niche you or whatever do. you want to call it. Yeah. Whatever you excel at. Yeah. So I was like, Oh my God, this is what they meant. So as I started hosting, I was still going on auditions, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, nothing was coming through. I'd get the occasional background gig. Womp, womp. Um, and then I saw in the deep web somewhere an interview with Johnny Carson, old, old interview, and maybe with Joan Rivers. And he said, anybody that wants to break into showbiz, start doing stand-up. Even if you suck, it'll show you that you have the like chutzpah to get on stage with no costume, music, anything, supporting cast, and just present this show. And if you're good at it, a lot of casting directors and producers respect stand-ups because 
like I just said, you can get up there and, and do it mm. without any support. So I was like, all right, I'm not a writer, but like, I'll try it. So I like copied a whole bunch of jokes from Phyllis Diller and, you know, Don Rickles. And I did my six minutes at Yucks and I did well. And since then, it's just been a real snowball effect. That was in, well, that was actually right before I won the talent search on the radio. So end of 2014 is when I first started stand up. And um, it's been about five years now and it's going great. Consistently it's probably. Or it's paying my bills. But you do it fairly consistently that whole time yeah. or, or more recently? Uh, well, no, because when I was on air and getting up at three in the morning, it was very hard to get out to the club. But mm. uh, since I got let go, Yuck Yucks has really, truly saved my life. They've yeah, been Howie's awesome. Oh, he's a ama- Howard Wagman. Yeah, he's been sending me all over the place. Um, I'd love to get him on here, but I, mean, oh, I got to go down and talk to him sometime because I haven't seen him in a long time and I don't really know him that well. I, I think he knows who I am, but like, yeah, you know, I've never really had like too many great conversations or anything. So. I'll mention you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, put in a word. <laughs> but that's to answer your question. That's it. So I started doing stand up because Johnny Carson told me to as a way to become an actor. And uh, the acting thing hasn't really taken off yet, but stand up is going great. And I'm booking uh, tons of MC gigs. Like I just did the Ottawa Business Awards. Um, and I have some coming up in the in the new year or this year, I guess. So it's great. It's really his advice was invaluable and it really worked. But I do still miss acting. So I still hope to one day get a real acting job. Right on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Johnny Carson, there was some quote I heard of him. I, I'm not even going to try to say that I'm getting it right, but it was something along the lines of um, that more more so than like your material even is just like yes. being likable was right. what he remembered most about or what he tried to be or something like that. I'm butchering this. I'll, I'll look it up and say it next episode. Well, it's true. Just last night, uh, the Elle Solomons are a lesbian couple. And they, I know Jess Solomon. Jess Solomon. She's been on Fallon and stuff. Yes, she's yeah. on Jimmy Fallon and her wife, uh, Iman El Hussein. They have a to duo act called the El Salomons and they were at Yuck Yucks last night for about an hour and a half and I was watching them and I was thinking they don't have a lot of set them up knock them down punchline jokes they just kind of tell stories about their life but they're so likable and it's so engaging that it works Yeah, and you realize exactly what you just said you don't always have to have a it doesn't always have to be shticky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it helps stand up, helps you find whether you're good at that or you're not. The sad thing is, is if you are not good at it, but you still think you are. And we all know those people out there like that. They yeah. just don't stop. And you're like, uh, find something else. Cause we're not all good at everything. Yeah. Mm. I, well, it could be the other end. Like I find a lot of the time I'm the opposite where I like, I, I don't give myself any credit where I'm always like, I don't ever want to seem like a cocky asshole. So I'm always just like, yeah, that was okay. But I got to keep like. Well, you, there's always room for improvement. And, yeah. And you know where you tripped over a word that the audience didn't even notice, but you are like, oh, I, exactly. I stuttered. Yeah. That, that's one thing like New Year's resolution. I want to work more on just being myself like you were talking about and not overthinking everything. But it's hard because you don't want to forget your shit either. And you want to have some sort of structure. Not everyone can just go up and like randomly improv absolutely everything. Some people no. can do that. But you <gasps> I'm know what jealous I mean? of those guys. Yeah, because like the acting thing, I'm really presenting a monologue when I get up to do my yeah, set. That's sort of how I think of it. Yeah. But I'd like to mix. I'm actually really good at improv. I used to do it all the time when I was in high school. But it's I, can, I only get good at it when I'm comfortable. And when I'm doing mm-hmm. stand up, I don't feel that comfortable yet. Which is why I really want to try and do more hosting gigs because I feel like that's where you get more time to kind of play with yes. the audience and like. Yes. Uh, but that kind of intimidates me because I'm like, you're also going with like less material and you do have to make up a lot of shit. But the only way to get good at it is to do I it. know exposure therapy. It, it is, yeah. and that's what I realized too. Is I was like, I'm not good at crowd work. I don't like talking to the audience. And then you start and you you figure out what works. And sometimes, oftentimes, actually, for me, 
it's just I, if I have nothing to say because I my mind's blank, I'll just make a face in response to something an audience mm. member said, and they die laughing. Yeah, just be very uh, expressive. Yeah, I guess. And people have told me sometimes it's the moments between my jokes or what I'm not speaking that mm-hmm. they like the best when I'm rolling my eyes or making a face or nice. you know doing something with my body, and you're like, wow. So sometimes we overthink it. Yeah, the, the best things. Oh, I overthink simplest. everything. So yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Ed the Sock show was the only time I, I hosted anything, and that was not like a lot of crowd work because it was uh, they did it at Mavericks, so it's normally where they do like concerts and stuff. Yeah. So the stage just felt a little high to be like, hey, uh, yeah, where are you from? <laughs> like looking down at people. So it was more, uh, but I did really enjoy that it was just kind of smaller bursts. Like I'd get sure. to go up, do like two, three minutes of jokes, introduce the next person, then go off. I could look at my notes. Yes, look prep. at the notes. Dude, yes. but that's like, I don't know. It makes me feel like I, I got to push myself past that. You know, you got to do it. That's why I love hosting is my favorite thing for yeah. those reasons. Exactly. I'll do it for you. Ed if I can song. get a gig. Do I'll, it for I'll... me and Ed. Yeah. Ed the song just started following me on Twitter and uh, he's very grumpy these days. He's very, he's gotten very political. political. I don't like that, Ed. I want him to go back uh, to like making yeah. celebrities. I kind of liked that he used to be able to shit on everyone equally, and now he seems like he's very into just shitting on conservatives. Which don't it's get me okay. wrong, they deserve. <laughs> yeah, they deserve it most of the time with the stupid shit they're preaching. But, um, but yeah, I just like I liked more when he was making fun of like pop culture, yeah, and stuff me like too. that, as opposed to. But hey, maybe um, he's trying to reinvent himself. He was pretty much like, uh, you know, out of the picture for ten years, and this tour he did last year was sort of like a revival yeah. with his wife, who I didn't even know they were married. Oh, is she did also ever, a sock? Uh, no. <laughs> did you... Um, a slipper? No, she's uh, a <laughs> nylon. Um, <laughs> um, did you see um, his show he used to have on City TV? It was called like Ed's Night Party. Of course, so, yeah. And in the red, day. the redhead is his wife. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I didn't Le- know that. Leanna Kay, that's her name. Oh, okay. And she was so nice. So she was talking about like video games and stuff. She's really into gaming. Cool. Um, yeah, man. So I don't know. Unless you got anything else you want to bring up here, I... I I have one question I ask all the guests, but if you want to plug anything, I don't know if you got. I'm anything trying to think. I think you. I think you did your research well. All of hey, we man. got Queer Sphere. We got Jesse and Jenna's Messy Podcast. We got Dirty Love Stand Up. I try to cover it all. You know. got oh, it all. oh wait. Okay. Before we go on, then I did watch one of your videos that I thought was hilarious. Uh-oh. Where you were, um, you you had a guy in like a shock color. Oh, and you zero were at, to Jesse. Yeah. So how did this come to be? Oh my gosh. So that's an old thing. That's like. Uh, was in 2013 it was a pilot talk show um this company called sexy pucker teeth whitening approached me they wanted to attach a web series to their product hoping it would sell didn't work it was a 10 episode deal uh but it was so much fun so we would have different guests on it was also like lgbtq element it was good quality too themed it was yeah it was in a real studio and everything yeah, yeah. and um one of our segments was called the gay electric chair so basically <laughs> my guests would put on and you could totally steal this if you want put on a dog shot collar and I would ask them trivia questions. And if they would get it wrong, they would get zapped. Isn't it funny? Mean, oh, Dad's it laughing. you got to watch it, Dad. And then uh, as they get questions wrong, it gets more intense, more intense. How Wait. bad is it? Did you try it? Oh, my gosh. There's one where I'm in the chair. They made me do it first. Oh, I'm watching, that, I'm watching that one today. <gasps> it was really painful. And then once that started taking off, it was a big hit on YouTube, but it just wasn't making the teeth whitening company money. So they canceled it after 10 episodes. But anyway, we had another segment called Drag Queen Showdown. Now we have two drag queens, each with a shock collar on, and they're competing <laughs> with the questions. So oh, they had wait. a buzzer. And if they got it wrong, they'd get shocked. Drag Queen showed Dude, up on I'm YouTube. Dude, I'm going to show that to Kelly because she's been obsessed with RuPaul's show. Oh, she'll and, love it. Which is fucking hilarious. We've talked about that on here before. It's There's so good. There's two episodes of that Drag Queen showdown. So I, I was, I love that little show. It's so fun. And I love when people bring it up and find it. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. Uh, which for some reason made me think of one other thing I wanted to mention about Dirty Love, which was how, how hard I laughed when the intro came on and you got spanked. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like because it's all like artsy and like and super they- <laughs> like hd and then and you're just like Ooh. 
There's a way to sell it. I get spanked in the intro of Dirty Love. That was actually one of my only uh, critiques, I would say, was that the intro was long. great for the first episode, but you guys should have done yeah. like a, a shortened version for the following. Well, month. I guess their thinking was if it got picked up on something like Netflix, which is True. the goal, you could skip intro. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. Even think about that. On YouTube. You'd Not only that, but you guys clearly put a lot of money into that intro, I want to say, because it looked really nice. It well, like... Mesa, who is a you know showrunner for the whole thing, she has friends in the filmmaking business. Uh, one of them is named Brian Biggs. The other one's Rami Raphael. And they have great equipment and great experience. So Rami's the one that's responsible for that intro. And I don't know that they spent much on it at all. So someone who just really knew just what they were really doing. really talented. Yeah. Yeah. Mesa seems really interesting, too, man. I, I really like the writing. I'm going to have to try and get her on here, too. going to have to get She's you to like... Good person. Hook me up with Whatever a couple of want. people. Yeah, I will, man. totally. That's what I love. Every guest that comes on, I meet new people through them and learn new things. It's just this has been the best experience of my life. Like more than stand-up's great, but still comes with some anxiety. And there's mm. some sour individuals you meet along the way. Oh, and, some? Well, Are you kidding? I'm trying to be nice. But, For um, a group of people that want to make others laugh, we're awfully miserable. But it's balanced out by the few that are great that you really get along with. I've had it's some true. amazing friendships that I've made, Me too. too. So. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The podcasting's just been amazing. I feel like I'm in my own place, so it's just like no stress. And then people come and oh, I enter love my this zone. Um, You've got to come get yourself booked on this podcast, people, because it's worth it just to see this please studio. Please subscribe. Yeah, please <laughs> Have subscribe. you subscribed? Probably not. I think, I don't know. Yeah. I will right now. Where's Thank my you. phone? <laughs> oh, no, you can do it after. But, um, I want to ask you the one question we ask all our guests, uh, which is, you can look at the wall for inspiration if you want, but if you were to magically gain one superpower, oh, and this is oh. not picking a character, this is just a power, oh and it God. cannot be flying or anything that would make you fly because we ruled that out. Because everybody says that? So boring, yeah. And I, as you might have a repeat answer, but that's fine. Still explain why, you know. Oh, this is, and my problem is narrowing it down to just one. Yeah, it's hard. Oh. And no matter what you say, you're going to be in your car later and be like, oh. I, I should have said that. Well, I can make arguments for so many things. Mind reading. Well, now you can like get what you want because you can read people's minds. That one, but that's boring. Only if you can shut it off, though. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Right. If it was that all movie, the time. What women want. Uh, I've seen that done in in several movies and TV shows where someone has that ability and they can't turn it off. Like a yeah. lot of X Men and shit like that. Um, I would say I used to say being invisible because like I'm a big perv and I think that'd be fun. That's the fourth time that's come up. But I go crazy. one further because you can't walk through walls and stuff if you're invisible. Phasing. What's that? That's when you can walk through walls. Phasing. Oh. No, I think I would become... Remember the show Secret World of Alex Mack? Yeah. And she could turn into a puddle? She could go ooze mode? Yeah, go ooze mode. Then you can go under doors. You can That's do whatever cool. you want. You can hide. You could kind of like mix into other liquids. So go in the ocean and just... I don't know if that'd be bad. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just think of like, how could I rob a bank? <laughs> turn into... Yeah, invisible, obviously. Well, phasing would work too. Phasing is just the ability to walk through a solid object. But then you don't have yeah. to turn into goose, gooby... <laughs> and you can't hide then like if you wanted to quickly turn into a puddle you know yeah that's so I true think go, go uh, yo that. as if you just brought up alex mack that's know, like such an old school show no i watched it too i just i haven't thought about that in a gajillion friggin years <sighs> oh it's the coolest show it's super canadian too right yes totally do you remember those books animorphs yes you could turn into animals dude that i read cool like too. all of them that would be fun too see oh, i man. can't choose i'm sticking with alex mack ooze. well you, you can't be a character but yeah the ooze okay fair enough yeah yeah Dude, turn into ooze. That's a, that's an original answer. Turn into ooze. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever going to say that one again. You said it. I can't believe this. A fourth time invisibility came up, though. Well, it's just the easy go-to. You're so right. I wish you prepped me on this question. I would have come up with a doozy. No. Well, I guess maybe I could prep people on it. I don't know. It's kind of nice to get the de facto answer that you can come up with on the spot, you know? It's like you want to get one that encompasses as many, like, things as you can like what's the most beneficial like you could say like oh i wish i could print money out of thin air well that's boring it's a weird power too yeah it's not one of the classic ones no no one's ever said like super speed well, uh, what the hell you're gonna use that for womp womp 
you know, get a lot of shit done. Is that your choice? What's no, yours? no, no. What's uh, yours? I've said it before, but I think uh, being able to shapeshift. Just being able to fucking do perfect impersonations of people. Oh, and like shit. of anything. Yeah, like turn into like I'm Bill Clinton now. Uh, uh, oh, that's you know. cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually think that's better than. I'm glad news. you cut me off before I had to do a shitty Bill, Bill Clinton impersonation. No, uh, I did not have sex. I just sound like an <laughs> old <okay>. farmer. <laughs> I can't do impressions. Have you had Steve Love on the show? No. Oh my god. Oh I, my god. I'm gonna reach out to him. I think I, when he was doing one of his karaoke things, I was like, "Hey, come on my podcast," but he couldn't hear me. Oh, you got it. His impressions are off the hook. Oh, dude. The only He's, thing he does impressions of other local comedians really but he can't do me who does and he do like, who does he oh do? my gosh i can't think of examples but like he'll just go into it at yuck kick sometimes and and that i imitate have to see. somebody yeah but i'm like do me steve and i'm the one he can't master like he'll just do a stereotypical gay voice i'm like Mm-mm, no yeah. so i'm proud of that i'm the one impression he can't nail down but he is off the hook with his celebrity impressions oh dude yeah and he's had uh, a pretty interesting story oh i won't God, i won't Thrones? spoil it in case he oh. comes on well no <laughs> He's been on Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's been. Actually, who cares? Uh, he got Steve, finger blasted up the butt on, on Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true, right? <laughs> yeah. Right before he gets his head chopped off yeah. or something. Oh, man. Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people are going to be interested now. Look Steve Love up. He's a cool dude. But yeah, basically, he's a great impressionist. And he did a bunch of Game of Thrones guys specifically. Yeah. That got him on Jimmy Kimmel via yes. satellite. That's and right. then the people who made Game of Thrones saw that. And then they asked if he wanted to do a cameo. And yeah. that led to the butt fingering and the head so chopped cool. off. So, so cool. Here you go, Steve. Steve Love, there's your little plug, but fuck him. Look me up first. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Reynolds, hi. Definitely. Hey, look up the, the man of the hour here. Um, I guess that's about it, man. I got to take a leak anyway. Oh, so yeah, me too. That high was five fun. at the end. High five. Oh, come back Thanks, anytime. Oliver. Yeah, I man. Will. Bring something for the wall. After this, you got to play me on the arcade.